It's episode 635 of the Locked On Rangers podcast. On today's show, I am finishing my re-rank of the top 30 Rangers prospects, including some switches up in the top five. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a criminally addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, founder and host for all four seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. It's Friday, July 15th. Your Rangers are some record. I don't know because I am not a mind reader or a future predictor. I'm recording this on Tuesday night. I am out of town celebrating my brother and some friends, their 30th birthday this weekend in Atlanta. So I will not be here. So I am pre-recording four episodes in one day, all on Tuesday. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. You can follow me, if you're not already, at on Twitter, at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers, where you can please, 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 maybe you've already hit this by the time I'm this episode's coming out, which would be awesome. But as of right now, we are 18 away from 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. In case you don't know why I'm making this a big deal, YouTube starts paying me. Actual YouTube will start paying me at 1,000 subscribers. So if you like me and want me to get bigger checks, then please hit that subscribe button, and I would greatly, greatly appreciate it if you haven't done so already. On today's episode, I am re-ranking my mid-season top 30 prospects, the highs, lows, who has risen, who has fallen, who is fallen off a cliff, and who has skyrocketed themselves into a much, much better position. First, I want to go through who was in my top 15 at the start of the season. I'm going to run through this real quick. Number one, Josh Young. Number two, Jack Leiter. Number three, Cole Wynn. Number four, Ezekiel Duran. Number five, Owen White. Six, Justin Foscue. Seven, Evan Carter. 8, Joshua H. Smith, 9, Luis and Acuna, and 10, Dustin Harris. Uh, oh, yeah, I was going all the way to 15. 11, Maximil Acosta, 12, Trevor Hover, 13, Ronnie Enriquez, no longer here. Thank you, uh, Minnesota Twins. Uh, let's see, 14, we had AJ Lexi, and 15, we had Zach Kent. Now, let's start all the way at 15. We have a couple of left-handed pitchers right here in a row who I... I think I probably swapped up where they should be last time. They're both pretty close. They're both having pretty solid season. At number 15, we have left-handed pitcher Cody Bradford, the Alito kid out of Baylor. The Rangers' sixth-round pick in the 2019 draft was probably going to be a first-round pick before he had shoulder surgery that uh, pretty much ended his junior year before it started. Had a seven, uh, excuse me, 491 ERA in just three games. Only went seven and a third innings before he had that surgery. This year, he has been in Frisco, made his Frisco debut last year, and has been, outside of a couple of blow-up starts, really solid for Texas in that Frisco rotation. The rotation has had some some real bugaboos, some guys who haven't quite lived up to expectation. He hasn't been the best starter. I'd say, honestly, he's been, until Owen White got there, was pretty much the second best starter. The best starter in Frisco uh, for the season is already bumped up level, but for the most part, outside of two really bad blow-up starts, one of which happened against the Northwest Arkansas Naturals on April 22nd. He went two and a third innings, allowed ten runs. All of those were earned 
couple of home runs and four walks into in a third innings. Not a great outing for him in that one. And then went four and two thirds innings, allowed seven runs. All of those were earned in a pair of home runs against the Arkansas Travelers on the road. But he's just coming off a six inning start, his longest of the season. A a shutout, not a complete shutout, but he did now not allow a single run. Only struck out three, but was very, very efficient. Didn't walk anybody in that one, and he only needed 69 pitches to go six innings. Really, really solid work from him. He also has had a 10-strikeout game. Now, granted, the runs he allowed were quite a few in that one. Five innings, four runs in that one. Only walked one, but a pair of home runs has been bit by that home run ball a little bit this year. But overall, a, where do we go? 585 ERA. Those big blow-up outings really uh, skew those numbers in a bad way for him. But, you know, they're part of it. He's allowed 1.5 home runs per nine, only 2.6 walks per nine, and a little under nine strikeouts per nine, 64 and two-thirds innings, 585 ERA, and 62 strikeouts. Overall, pretty solid for him. A couple of bad starts, a couple of good starts. Doing solid work. I don't think he is... I don't know if he's going to make his AAA debut, but if I had to wager a bet on the next Rangers, uh, next Frisco pitcher to come up to AAA, I think I might put him ahead of Owen White. Now, if Owen White keeps this up, he might be in AAA in, like, I don't know, three weeks because he's been absolutely crushing it. But that is enough about Cody Bradford. Really solid stuff for him. Don't let the overall numbers fool you. I've seen him in person. Looks pretty solid like he did last year, and I really like what I saw from him last year. Next up is Cole Reagans, another left-handed pitcher, Rangers first-round pick, 30th overall in the 2016 draft out of North Florida Christian High School. If you don't know anything about Cole Reagans, um, he is a two-time Tommy John survivor. The second time happened on the first day that he was pitching after recovering from the first one. In case you don't know, if you have three, there is no such thing as a third Tommy John surgery. If he has to have... If he has the injury that causes a Tommy John surgery again, his career is just done. He's just out of it. So the fact that he is still pitching is very, very impressive. It happened in his age 20 and uh, I believe 21 seasons as well. He is 24 years old now. He is in Round Rock and he absolutely dominated in his time in Frisco. Had an ERA of 281, 10 starts, 51 innings, and 60, 51 in the third innings, I should say. 65 strikeouts. Did have a little bit of a walk problem, 3.3 per nine. Not horrible, but not super great. Has been better about those walks in Round Rock, but has also been hit uh, quite a bit. A 426 ERA. Had a really, really nice first couple of starts, but uh, has been hit by that home run ball. Three home runs in 25 and a third innings. 28 strikeouts at Round Rock so far. The Rangers aren't going to call him up to be that fifth spot in the rotation. I don't think they're going to call him up because Dave Dunning is on the IL for three weeks. They're going to call him up when he is ready, as they should. He's got a really, really nice changeup, just like ah, the Cole that was here that we don't speak of anymore. Cole Hamels, I'll speak of him. Had a really nice changeup at the time where the Rangers were drafting him in 2016. He's like, oh, hey, let's have this Cole follow the other Cole around and uh, learn from him. Uh, I don't think he has a mustache quite like Cole Hamill's had. Yeah, no, it does not have any facial hair, but really good pitcher. Really love seeing him thrive. Love that he's on the mound and healthy and have really loved what I've seen from him so far this year. At number 13, we have Ricky Vanasco, a real hot and cold Katy Perry type of pitcher. But when he is on, oh boy, he is a freaking firecracker. Just had a really, really good start. He has been pitching in Hickory. Had a five-inning outing where he had 10 strikeouts and only two 
runs allowed and one walk in that one that was on 626 against the Greensboro Grasshoppers his last time out was you know fine five and two-thirds innings four runs all of those were earned and five strikeouts overall on the season the where we go 23 year old from Morrison Florida a 15th round pick by the Rangers back in the 2017 draft uh, his overall numbers aren't super pretty at this point he's about league average age 23 at high a a 516 era 52 and a third innings seven home runs 28 walks in 65 strikeouts just 1.2 homers per nine little under five walks per nine that has always been his bugaboo in four seasons at the minor league level he has 4.7 walks per nine and 12 strikeouts per nine one of the best if not the best fastball in the minor leagues for this rangers system Coming up, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to get to these guys. I went a little long on both of those first guys. It bodes well because uh, it's only going to get longer as we talk about these guys higher up in this range system. We're going to get into those guys. But first, this episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that help you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each one is unique and one of a kind. Looking for fine jewelry but having difficulty choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a gift at every single budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Rangers listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. So use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Now, these next two are very similar profiles. They're both left field slash DH one point. One of these guys is listed as a second baseman. That is not a thing anymore. At number 12, we have Trevor Hover, part of the Joey Gallo trade. Very similar profile, pretty much just left field um, slash a little bit of right field slash they're really just a DH guy. He was the Yankees' third-round pick out of Arizona State. And this year, he's been in Hickory. He's a little bit older than the league. Same with Aaron Zavala. Both of them have showed really, really impressive plate appearances, um, approach. They have walked a crap ton, uh, 52 walks for him in uh, 62 games, 270 plate appearances, and does have eight home runs. Started to show that power a little bit more. Both these guys, I wanted to see a little bit more power, a little bit more aggressiveness. We both know that they were more advanced than the guys in this league, um, and I'm talking about them both at the same because they've had pretty, pretty similar seasons. Now, the reason why I put Aaron Zavala a little bit ahead of him, it's a little, little bit, a little bit transparent, but uh, I was able to see some highlights of him. I did not see many highlights of Trevor. Ho- of Trevor Hover, but Savala had this game where he had a pair of home runs that he just absolutely mashed. Like, it looked like, I swear to God, 700 feet. Like, he just absolutely crushed the crap out of him so far in 69 games for Zavala, the Rangers' second-round pick from last year. Uh, he has... Uh, 321 plate appearances at this point, eight home runs, two triples, nine doubles, and on base of 427, slugging 419, 62 walks to 65 strikeouts. The walk to strikeout rate is a little bit better for him. Honestly, both these guys have pretty much done what they've done in high A. I I think Zavala is probably uh, going to get the nod and the bump to Frisco 
at this midseason. You're not learning a whole lot from either of these guys at this level, so I say just bump them on up. At number 10, we have Justin Foskey falling just a little bit, but I don't want that to deflect to reflect on Justin Foskey being bad. That is just a product of this system, and everybody in this top 10 just putting up some, well, outside of... Um, a couple of guys in this top 10. But for the most part, the top 10 has been absolutely fantastic. The Rangers, first-round pick, 14th overall in the 2020 draft out of Mississippi State. Uh, grew up, went to high school in Huntsville, Alabama. He kind of sold out for power a little bit last year. I was a little concerned when he got that bump to Frisco and really, really struggled. The 704 OPS uh, looked like he was selling out too much for power. Had those 14 home runs in 33 games at Hickory. So far, I've seen him. He was a guy who had did not have that much power, is going to be a second baseman, only a second baseman, but had an advanced approach, did not strike out a whole lot, walked at a good rate, and made solid contact. It seemed like he was a little bit destined to go the Rubin of Door route. Watched him this year, he has changed his approach, has not gotten as home run happy, but when he gets a fastball he can handle, that dude can hit it a country mile. Four home runs for him this year in 50 games, but 19 doubles. That is much more of the kind of power that I'm expecting to see from him. An 814 OPS, a 367 on base, 26 walks to 39 strikeouts. That's the guy that I wanted to see. That's the guy that I was thinking the Rangers had got. I did not really trust that random bout of power. Maybe he develops it a little bit more as he comes on, but again, him being a more advanced approach kind of guy looked fine at second base defensively just fine that's where he's going to be he's not going anywhere else i don't think they put him in left field but you know i think it's i think it's a big leaguer i don't know if he's necessarily a starter but I, I like what i've seen from him at number nine we have dustin harris who is going to be in the futures game he's been putting up some pretty pretty impressive numbers been playing left field and dh pretty much only does have one game as a first baseman i do think that's his long-term home like i said earlier this week him in the outfield has been a bit of a journey, not a great one. He has taken some very circuitous feels like the way to put it. He's just not been good. He's not been good in the outfield. He's got a pretty big arm. He's made a couple of decent plays, but his jumps aren't quite there. Doesn't have, you know, a lot of experience in the outfield, but the Rangers are committed to playing him in the outfield because, you know, it looks like left field is pretty much his spot if long term. Because right now, I mean, we've seen what Leo Tavares has done over the past. You know, since he's been called back up this year, he has looked very, very impressive. Again, another nice night in a disgusting night on Tuesday, a disgusting 12-inning loss. But Lily Tavares looked great then. He looked great on Monday. He had four doubles in a two-game span and is looking very much the part as the Rangers' everyday center field. They also have Adonis Garcia in right field. Third base, is he's not gonna, his defense is not going to work there at third base in the competition between Ezekiel Duran, Josh Smith, and Josh Young. So basically left field or DH or maybe he moves to first base and the Rangers finally put Nathaniel Lowe at DH so he can stop having that black hole of his defense at first base. That's good enough to be a first baseman, but his club is just really bad. And I think Dustin Harris, I have not seen him at first, but I would imagine that he's not much worse than what Nathaniel Lowe has been doing defensively um, at that position. Number eight, we have Luis Angel Acuna, a guy who has been absolutely crushing. Again, another guy who is very, very advanced for his level. He is in Hickory playing mostly shortstop, playing a little bit of second base um, this year. Eight games second, five games at DH, and 30 at shortstop. He has an 875 OPS. 
hitting 304, on base of 396, slugging 480 in 45 games, and just shy of 200 plate appearances. Seven homers, nine doubles, 25 walks to 52 strikeouts, and where we go? 22 stolen bases. Last year, he had 44. This year, he's stealing at a better rate. Last year, he had 44 steals to 11 caught stealing. This year, he has 22 steals to 3 caught stealing. Might surpass that total number. Hasn't played in a crap ton of games, but again, 45, just under 200 blade appearances. That is a solid sample size for a guy who is, again, two this year, two and a half years younger than his level. Last year, it was 2.3 years younger than his level, putting up better numbers at a higher level and playing a lot of shortstop. He is Ronald Acuna Jr.'s brother. I don't know that he's going to have a Ronald Acuna Jr. career, but again, he's been doing everything the Rangers have asked for him. I would not be shocked to see him in AA by the end of the season, if not at the midseason. Mark, I have loved what I've seen from him. Heard some really great reports. And at number six, we have... Well, I'm not going to skip over number seven. We have Joshua H. Smith, guy who I project as a super utility, is the Rangers' starting third baseman right now. You might be saying, Bryce, he's made the major leagues. Why is he still in your prospect pool? Well, he still has not yet, as of today, surpassed the uh, 120, I believe it is, at-bats that you need to shed your rookie status. He has not been on the roster, I don't think, for 42 days, I think is what it is. By the way, Sam Huff's not on here because he like literally just cleared that threshold. I think I'd probably put him at 10. Uh, I was definitely wrong to leave him off the top 30. But again, I was very, very concerned with him missing that time developmentally as a catcher. Did have a pretty bad pass ball in extra innings uh, and, you know, a couple of frame pitches that Jonah Heim would have done better. By the way, I don't think I talked about it at all, but it, it's Friday, you probably already known. I don't know if there's a spiral at this point, but Jonah Heim missed that game on Tuesday. He was not at the ballpark. He was ill. I don't think it's going to be an IL stint, but again, this is Tuesday night, and this literally just happened, so by this point, who knows? Sam Huff is back up and probably going to play a little bit. By the way, Mabry's Valoria is also not on this list because he has also surpassed his rookie eligibility, not with the Rangers, but he's been in the big leagues several since before this at this point. But Josh H. Smith is my number seven Rangers prospect. would like to see him hit for a little bit more power. Does have his first career major league home run with an inside the parker, 270 feet. Um, did have a, another double um, on, I believe, Tuesday night. So, again, like to see that power number go up. But he is there for his on-base, on-base of 375. At this point, 12 walks to 12 strikeouts, two stolen bases to one caught stealing. Really solid work at third base. Still getting better. Still hasn't played there a whole lot. But I, I kind of see him as Ben Zobrist E, kind of like that. I don't necessarily think he's going to be an all-star at any point. But, you know, I'm not going to put a pass him. He's got really great on-base, just the... The forward, the future um, of baseball. Guy who plays a bunch of different positions and has a really, really high on base. We'd like to see him hit for more power. If he does, then I do think he's an everyday regular super utility kind of guy. But he's going to be squarely in that competition for everyday third baseman next year. It's pretty much going to be his job to lose between him, Ezekiel Duran, and Josh Young once he gets healthy. By the way, um, coming up when I talk about Josh Young, there is a little bit of an update. Um, Coming up, I'm going to talk about the top six, a new number six. Really thought about putting into my top five um, and a lot of really great guys for the next six. And well, all of them in the top ten are pretty great. But 
get into those guys. But first, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued best source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and for those of you who like golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Now, coming in at number six is a guy who I've liked for a long, long time. Might be the biggest steal the Rangers have had in a draft in the last five years. That's Evan Carter. He is 19 years old playing center field, mostly center field, uh, pretty much every day. 47 games at center field, 10 DH, 7 in left field, and 2 games in right field. Only one of those was a start. But he is a youngster doing very, very well, staying healthy this year for the most part. Only played in 32 games last year as an 18-year-old in down east. 142, 146 plate appearances, had an 825 OPS, an on-base of 438, two home runs, eight doubles, 12 stolen bases, and a partridge in a pear tree. Walked more than he struck out as an 18-year-old in full-season ball. Not an 18-year-old who played in, in the Dominican and then played in the Dominican Summer League and then played in the Arizona Complex League. That was his first professional season. The Rangers drafted him during a pandemic. Didn't even have a senior season. The Rangers stole him in the second round of that 2020 draft, which, again, like I said, is looking better and better and better by the freaking day. This year, he's played in 66 games, just shy, literally two plate appearances shy at this point of 300. He's got five home runs, eight triples, 12 doubles, 15 stolen bases to eight cost stealing. Maybe we chill out a little bit on that. 39 walks to 49 strikeouts on base of 364, slugging 433 in OPS of 796. And again, he's 19 years old in high A. Three and a half years younger than the average player in that league. This guy is probably going to make his double-A debut by the end of the season, and he is going to be ready for it. I have been so impressed with what he has done. I would like to see a little bit more power from him. Just really want to see him stay healthy. That back injury last year is no joke. Him being a teenager with back injuries, those are really, really scary. We have seen how how much those those don't really go away. Other injuries like Tommy John, usually you'll have your Tommy John and then, you know, that'll be it. But back injuries, those can be recurring and a little bit scary. But overall, his numbers have been super impressive. He is so advanced for his age. Again, I'd like to see him hit a few more dingers, but he is still a teenager, still growing into his man body, if you will. And what he has done so far in his child body has been pretty freaking impressive. At number five, we have... Cole Wynn. Yeah, he has fallen just a little bit. I think he fell a little bit too much in some of these top 100s where he fell out of it. Um, he's got a mustache, and so far the mustache has not really worked for him in his baseball reference page, at least. I don't know if he's... This is him in a Rangers hat with that mustache, so I don't know if that was him in spring training, if he's still rocking that. If he is not, he probably needs to bring it back. If he is, then he needs to shave it. I don't know. Things have not gone super well for him so far in Round Rock. He has had a huge problem with walks. 6.1 walks per nine innings. That is just really, really not great stuff. He had 5.6 walks per nine innings in two Round Rock starts last year in Hickory. 
in his first professional season at age 19 after doing that stupid deload program, being the only one to survive without getting Tommy John surgery. Still hasn't had Tommy John surgery. That year, he had 5.1 walks per nine innings. The strikeouts have been way down this year, 7.9 per nine. Has not been bit by the home run ball at all, though. Only 0. 0.6 home runs per nine. Um, but the whip is sky high, 1.50. 1.584. The ERA has been sky high at 5.93. 71 in a third innings. Just not been great for him. He has been working a whole lot on some of those secondary pitches. And, you know, I wasn't as concerned with the walks early on. But now, people who have been seeing him in person saying that he is still struggling with that fastball command. That is a little bit of a concern. Hopefully he can get that button down. I thought he was going to be making his major league debut around this time. I don't think he's going to make it this season unless he really, really tampers those down and fixes a whole lot of things in a short time span, which he can do. He's still just 22 years old in AAA. So before you say, oh, well, this guy sucks, he's washed, whatever, I did drop him down a little bit because some of these other guys are having really great seasons, and he is not. He is still so, so advanced, and remember, he missed that full year of, or I guess kind of half a year of pitching because of that dumb deload program, but still, he has thrived in his literally just three full seasons of baseball. He's only had three. That's still insane that he is this far. He is 5.4 years younger than the average player in Round Rock. Still way ahead of schedule. Would like to see him cut out those stupid walks, get back to the strikeouts, but if he is able to have better command of some of his secondary stuff, the curveball is pretty darn good. The changeup and slider, still a little bit of a work in progress, but I think... Honestly, the fastball is, is really good. If he can get, there is a potential for four-plus pitches. I don't necessarily know that the changeup is going to quite get there, but if it's at least, you know, one to two-plus pitches and two at least average pitches, that is a really good starter, a number three starter. I do think he still has that in him. The pie-in-the-sky ceiling is he's a number two starter. I don't quite think he gets there, but I think number three or number four, solid rotation piece to eat up innings and be consistent for years and years to come. I think that is still most definitely in his future. This year's been a bit of a setback, but again, remember he is still so, so young and still far ahead of schedule, even if he's not quite jumping up to the big leagues just as fast as we want. At number four, we have Owen White, a guy who struggled a little bit to start the season, but now in double A has been absolutely dominant. Absolutely dominant in his three double-A starts. Went five and a third innings, five and a third innings, and six. Has allowed two runs, zero runs, and one run. Has struck out five, seven, and six. He has been just so good in double-A since he has gotten there. In Hickory was, you know, fine, but now he's two and a half years younger than the average Frisco player. He is 22 years old, and he is the Rangers' former second-round pick back in the 2018 draft out of Carson High School in China Grove, North Carolina. He hasn't pitched a whole lot. He's had some injuries that have made him, you know, this is his first really full, full season. The most he had pitched in a season before was in 2021. That was literally his pro debut was last year. Granted, it was really impressive what he did, and he was the Arizona Fall League Pitcher of the Year. Six starts, 28 innings, 1.91 ERA, uh, 13 walks to 29 strikeouts, and just one home run in those six Fall League starts. He was a Fall Star and Fall League Pitcher of the Year in Arizona. 
didn't know what to make of those and was very, very high on him. Every, everybody who saw him just raved about him. His raw stuff is some of the best in the system. And now he is here at AA and dominating. I have not seen him yet in person. I am very much looking forward to it. I've gotten to see quite a few good starting pitchers in this Ranger system, but I have not yet seen Ellen White, but I am very, very excited. Number three, we have Ezekiel Durant. That's right. He is all the way up to number three. He has made his big league debut. He is now in AAA and he hit another home run tonight. I believe that will be his third right now in Round Rock. These are his numbers that are there right now. Um, 12 games, 57 plate appearances on base of 281, slugging 404. That's a 685 OPS. But in Frisco, that was where he made his money this year. Exactly 200 plate appearances in 45 games, 24 doubles, 7 home runs, 7 walks to just 2 caught stealing. 14 walks to 36 strikeouts at the big league level, had a 717 OPS in just 16 games, 64 plate appearances, had a pair of home runs, had a big, big three-run triple that ended up winning the Rangers a game in Detroit, had three doubles as well, played some really solid, heady defense at third base, still pretty new to it, playing a little bit of the outfield is why he was sent to AAA. Granted, I think that, uh, you know, I would have liked to see him stay at at uh, at the big league level, but he's played six games in center field so far. I think he's going to play a whole lot more of the outfield when he comes back. It's not an if, it is a when he comes back. Um, six games in center field, all at AAA. His first professional action in the outfield, he has also played uh, five games at shortstop and two games at third base. Um so far at double A. I don't know why they're playing him so much at shortstop. He needs more reps at third base and at center field slash left field slash right field. Really love his bat. Very advanced. A lot of raw pop in there. Um, I think he's an everyday big leaguer. At what position? I don't quite know. I think he might end up being the Rangers' everyday third baseman next year. It's going to be a heck of a battle with him and Josh Young. I think Young's offensive ceiling is... Uh, decently higher. I think his on-base and batting average um, are a little bit better. I think Ezekiel Duran's raw pop is just a little bit better, but overall, offensively, I think Josh Young is going to commit, um, going to bring a whole lot more to the table. Defensively, Zeke Duran, we've seen what he can do. We've seen his big arm and his big personality. Uh, I do think both of them are big league regulars. Just depends on what position they're going to be at, but both those guys are really darn god good. At number two, we have Jack Leiter, who was 20th in baseball prospectuses, preseason top 100, made it all, all the way up to, I believe, 18 in MLB Pipeline's top 100 at the beginning of the season. He is still somewhere, I believe, in the teens in their midseason re-rack, if you will. He has had a very, very up-and-down season, but again, the raw stuff is just so freaking impressive. Right now, he's got a 630 ERA coming off a really, really bad start after missing a start skipping it for normal arm fatigue but when you see him in person you see the raw stuff the fastball the curveball didn't even really need to use the other pitches in college but he is needing to use them a whole lot more now in the slider and changeup some people think the slider could eventually become better than the changeup or than the uh, curveball is right now right now the curveball is a little bit better but he's had some real struggles with commanding those off-speed, those breaking pitches, and when he's not commanding them, he is susceptible. The fastball is really darn good, 60-grade, I'd say-ish right now, with potential to be 70-grade. Um, but when 
even when double a guys know all you've got is your fastball all you can locate in the zone is your fastball they can sit on it and square up and no matter how good it is they can knock it out of the ballpark that is what's happened to him a little bit this year 5.4 walks per nine i was a little concerned about the walks last year 3.7 walks per nine at vandy that was the one bugaboo for him had just a little bit more hits per nine than walks per nine last year vandy 3.9 hits per nine 3.7 walks per nine still 11.2 strikeouts per nine his stuff is still just absolutely disgusting and when he's on he is one of the best pitchers in minor league baseball still a little bit more of a learning season for him than i think most people expected had some flashes of brilliance has had some moments where he's gotten knocked around a little bit it's minor league baseball he's still the number two overall pick still an incredibly polished guy i don't know that he sees triple a this year and you know what i think that's okay he still might make the big leagues he still might make the the big club out of spring training next year because he's jack freaking lighter but again i'm not super duper concerned these have been growing moments for him he is still a very young pitcher 22 years old first professional season there are going to be some bumps in the road even once it gets to the big leagues it's not always like going to come in and immediately be like a cy young winner it takes some time but still, his ceiling is incredibly high as potentially an ace or a number two or the very least probably a number three, unless the bottom really falls out. And these walk problems keep following him to the upper levels or he just does not get to the upper levels even next year, which I don't see a scenario where he doesn't see AAA next year. I just don't see it. Um, but again, these things happen. He's still a really darn good pitcher. But... If he had came in and dominated, I, st- I probably would have had him number one on my system, uh, on my board. But number one is still Josh Young, the third baseman out of Texas Tech, has not played at all this year. There is an update with his health. The Rangers think that he might be able to play the field in August. The thought initially was around mid-August he'd be able to DH, but kind of at that point, it's like, well, what's the point? I did think that he was going to be the Rangers opening day third baseman if he was healthy, had a shoulder surgery, has missed the entirety of this year his little brother is probably gonna get drafted in the top 10 probably not going to be the rangers pick jace young the second baseman out of texas tech but i will still be rooting for that kid because wreck him forever josh young in case you forgot is a really darn good player picked in the first round eighth overall in 2019 out of texas tech a san antonio kid so texan through and through and through last year or yeah last year between frisco and round rock he played in 78 games 342 plate appearances had 19 home runs 22 doubles hit 326 398 slugged 592 that's a 990 ops and he had an ops uh, over 100 178 points better in 35 games at round rock than he did in 43 games at frisco remember when people said oh i don't know if this guy's gonna hit for power the dude hit for power and he hit for a lot of it he's still a really darn good player people forget about him he has missed most of the last two seasons well i guess most all of this year so far and a decent chunk of last year with a foot injury he would have made the big leagues in 2021 if he didn't have that foot injury the rangers had charlie culberson and brock holt there as their third baseman because they knew josh young was coming foot injury slowed him down and despite a fantastic run i kind of thought they might give him a little bit of a chance with how well he dominated at the end of the season just a little bit of a cup of coffee but they didn't that's fine still gonna have to wait till at the earliest this year to make his major league debut i really think once he's healthy you just call him up to the big leagues put him at third base and say all right job's yours let's see what you can do but he's gonna have a healthy uh <laughs> healthy long whatever 
decently long um, injury rehab, but encouraging news, seeming like he is going to be able to play the field maybe um, in August. I believe already at this point he is swinging the bat, not doing live batting practice in the Arizona Complex League, but he is swinging a bat already. That is good, good news. It is still early to mid-July that is a little bit ahead of schedule so encouraging stuff for him I really really love his ceiling I do think he's a potential all-star if he reaches his potential really really advanced plate approach a guy who absolutely loves the game works hard and obsesses over baseball and you know a lot of these makeup concerns are uh, or makeup attributes are just kind of like you know filler words just you know sometimes can be used by scouts to just say, oh, I just don't like this kid. So uh, I'm just going to say he's got makeup concerns. He was kind of rude to me or, you know, I don't know. He didn't shake my hand or look me in the eye or whatever, some stupid thing that doesn't have any impact on how good they're going to be at baseball. But the one makeup thing that should be a huge, huge plus for any guy is someone who just obsesses day and night over baseball. That is a guy who is going to exceed expectations on them, will exceed what their physical tools say that they can do those are the guys like a paul goldsmith like these other guys who are just obsessed with it and just get better and better and better than expectation at each level we saw that in 2021 and i'm hoping we will see that at the big league level in 2022 i do think this is the rangers third baseman of the future maybe their first baseman of the future i don't know but that bat is good the defense is fine at third base and i still think he's the best prospect in this rangers system that's going to do it for this week's editions of locked on rangers you didn't check out Earlier this week has been all prospects on Wednesday. I talked about the Rangers draft with Lindsey Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects. By the way, he's going live on Sunday night to get all kinds of draft coverage. If you didn't check out the first half of my top 30 prospect re-ranks, if you want to just check out the good guys, I understand. But there are a lot of really young, exciting guys in that bottom 15 of my top 30. Still all good prospects there and really shows the depth of this Rangers system. Um, Thank you all so much for listening this week. If you're not already, please hit that subscribe button. Hopefully by the time I come back from Atlanta, I will have a thousand subscribers on this YouTube channel. Appreciate every single one of y'all for listening. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.